And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse episode number 106. Matt and I are coming to you here on a truly wonderful day, Matt. It's Canada Day. I was just about to say, happy Canada Day. Thank you. What what, what, what do you know about Canada Day? Let's, let's have a little game here. What, what are the Canada Day traditions? Uh, I have no idea. It's a day in Canada that's called Canada Day. Well, you see, we all come as a family and we sit around the Canada Day tree and we swap Canada Day <laughs> stories and then we have the Canada Day roast beast. <laughs> now, roast beast. <laughs> roast beast. I'm bullshitting. It's a. It's a. It, it's like any Independence Day. There's fireworks. There's respectable day drinking and barbecues. Okay. Yeah. I, I was at the bakery, and actually, shit, is my phone here? I, I, I meant to put this up on Instagram. Uh, the bakery I was at had a bunch of, like, Canada Day-themed cakes that were all red <laughs> and white. I didn't get one, but they were still really cool. I did grab a picture, though, because I'm like, I'm going to put this shit up on Instagram. Now I'm going to put that That's shit cool. up on Instagram. <laughs> Um, thanks. Yeah, I'm put that shit up on Instagram right now. Right now, thanks. Thanks for reminding me, Matt. So yeah, we we got a pretty cool show in store for you, everyone. We of course have our big Luke Cage spoiler cast. I just finished seeing it not that long ago. Matt has seen it before me because he always seems to finish before me. <laughs> it's the uh, it's the Australian advantage, as we call it. It is. But uh, first and foremost, I guess we'll open up with the biggest news of the week. It's uh, Again, it's Sunday as we record this. We always uh, record this Sunday night. It regards a spoiler, but don't worry, because if you're not a patron and you're not watching this beforehand, it won't be a spoiler, because this goes up Wednesday morning when this piece of news will officially not matter anymore. But uh, exactly. the New York Times, in their infinite wisdom, saw fit to completely spoil the conclusion of Batman number 50, the big wedding day issue that comes out July 4th. See, did they spoil it? Because we all knew this was going to happen. That's the thing. It's one thing to spoil a twist. It's another thing where it's like, oh, really? That's it? Oh, so I was gonna, I was gonna hate it regardless if it was spoiled or not. Oh, cool. Because can one truly spoil a Tom King story when he goes out of his way to spoil his own work constantly? <laughs> Well, not only that, can one spoil his story when there is no story? When there's no story, and when anyone with a brain, and when any fan who has ever read more than two comics in their whole life would be like, they can't get married, they can't stay married, there's a million robots, oh, they just didn't? Okay. <laughs> well, it's not only that, like the reasoning, because the article goes on to tell you the reasoning why it, it it doesn't happen the reasoning is like paper thin oh yeah it's funny too you know sometimes i worry about the way i make comic book videos online like oh, you know do i give too much away from the story you know is my is my commentary and my insight my everything mm -hmm. enough to you know do, do i have creative journalistic integrity oh i have as much as the new york times awesome <laughs> because <laughs> that's because that's basically what it is their article on this is if you had to read one of my videos <laughs> <laughs> Only I make it three minutes and I make some dick jokes I put in there to keep you interested. <laughs> but yeah, so they spoiled it. Yay. I guess. It's 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 so sad and this this happens more and more, doesn't it, Matt? Yeah, yeah. And here's the thing, like I, I actually asked around about this because it happens with such frequency. Marvel does it a lot too, but you know, this is a pretty pretty big flagrant DC version of it. The answer is when I asked an actual industry person why why do all these big comic book storylines get spoiled by, like, you know, New York Times and, you know, CNN and all these other places? Uh, the thing is, is that Marvel and DC are so hungry to have, you know, quote-unquote, legitimate big boy adult media outlets talk about their work. They will spoil their own story just so they can get an article written about them. Oh, jeez. They're that desperate. I mean, comic books are niche, man, and they're only getting niche. That's like one of those things where it's like, ooh, I want to be angry at you big two comic companies. Then I hear it, and I'm like, oh, oh, shit, really? That's why? Oh, fuck, I just, I just feel sorry for you now. Shit, do you, do you need some money? <laughs> That's like if someone said, it's like you were really mad. Or it's like, oh, you stole my VCR. Why did you not return my VCR? Oh, sorry, I'm addicted to heroin. <laughs> where it's like oh i i'm still mad but i also want to see you get some help you know you're you're a you're, you're a victim of circumstance but yeah so that's that's the batman news i will try not to talk any more about this tune in next week after matt and i have had a chance to read it and i'm sure we will tear it to shreds oh i'm definitely sure oh that'll be that'll be fun matt won't it 
That, that'll be very fun. But you know, it wasn't all doom and gloom for DC this week because they also had uh, the big the big announcement. They told us, be ready. They told us to save the date because we got our first trailer for the DC Universe streaming app. An app that I cannot get. Yeah, because Australia always gets fucked over. Is Canada allowed to get it? I didn't look that deep into it, probably. Maybe. I, I know it's just like, I know you like people have just said it's just like America. I mean, we're not allowed Hulu, and we're not allowed a bunch of the streaming apps, so I wouldn't be surprised if Canada was fucked over either. Here's the thing that got me about the trailer. Uh, first off, uh, no new footage of all these brand new shows they're supposedly mm -hmm. working on. Lots of, lots of title cards that we've already seen. Yeah, yeah. Lots of footage from movies we've already seen. Uh, no price point and no release date. Yeah, again, I don't think they're too far ahead in... In the planning of it, they they just had this idea for an app, and oh, we'll we'll announce it. Oh well, well here's the thing that again, the same person who told me about why uh, why comic companies uh, go to the big media outlets also told me that they were supposed to announce this DC streaming app like four months ago. Yeah, I think I remember you telling me that. So and they are kind of seems like it was something that was meant to come out like like around four months ago, like, like something that maybe was meant to come to like one of the big like cinema cons or something. Uh, I, I think WonderCon was what I heard. Apparently we yeah. were supposed to see this trailer at WonderCon and we didn't. And apparently the scuttlebutt is the actual like logistics of it behind the scene. They're having a really hard time with it. Yeah, I, I can imagine it's not easy setting up a streaming service. No, no, it's it's like it's almost like I wouldn't undertake that. Plus, you're a comic company is the thing. You're a comic entertainment company. What are you doing getting into streaming? I know Netflix makes it look good and everything. The one the one big surprise from this, and the one like legitimate, oh, okay, that's actually new, different, and cool, is not only can you get DC shows on this, but you can also stream comics with it as well. Yeah, that that that's what I, I assumed was going to be happening with it. They're going to like bundle in the comics and basically everything... They do into it. Yeah, as they freaking should. Because, I mean, come on, yeah. if, if this is the DC Universe streaming app, I better be able to get all the DC content in one place. And, yeah, and, and because of that, I can imagine it's probably going to have quite a big price point on it. Yeah, I have to wonder about that, where it's like, okay, do I... Do I get to pick, like, a virtual long box of comics I get to read every yeah. month? Or if I pay you 15 bucks a month, do I get to read everything? Because if they gave everything away for free for that 15 bucks, they'd be hemorrhaging money. I know you don't watch Wrestling Map, but they have uh, the, the WWE Network, which is kind of what they're doing in Warner Brothers and WWE are actually very close, so I wouldn't be surprised if this is where they got the idea. It's $9.99, and you get to, what is it, watch the entire back catalog of every pay-per-view and every special show from, like, across time and space. But with the $9.99, you also get every pay-per-view for free, too. See, yeah, that that that's that's a good idea. I imagine they they'd be silly not to have like like a tiered sort of thing. So, mm. like, you, if you just want to watch the TV and movies, you can get them. If you yeah. want to read the comics, you can just get them, or you can get both of them. Yeah, because because that's quite the thing. Because a lot of people scoffed at WWE with their network, where it's like, guys, pay per views is how you make your money. That's one of the sweetest plums next to merchandise and T-shirts. You're gonna give all your pay per views away for free. Well, it would seem to work. So. Yeah, or, or well, by free, I mean for like nine ninety nine a month. Yeah, where it's like, are yeah. they going to do the same things for comics here? Where it's like, really, you have like what fifty two, fifty odd books. You're going to let people read those for free for like whatever amount of money it is. I mean, maybe again, I'm no Wall Street genius. Maybe someone has done the numbers and crunched the math and been like, well, here's our market share as it is now. Here's it is with this money. You know, we'll actually make yeah. over the point if we get this many people. It'll even out. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can imagine they wouldn't just, like, do it just because they'd, no. they'd be, like, a, a financial gain for them to do it. You would hope so. And, again, you know, more power to them. I hope it works. Again, as I've said before, anything that gets comics in front of more people's eyes is good for the industry, is good for what you and I do, is good for everybody. It is, it is. And I'm, I'm hoping they bring it over to, like, the our other countries, like, Australia, and if it's not in Canada, Canada and everything, because yeah. I I'd, I'd pay for that. Me too. I'd pay for it. I would. I, I would pay for it, and then because it's our job, we'd get to write it off on our taxes later. <laughs> <laughs> be like, no, it was a business expense. We needed the DC Universe streaming app to be up to state on everything. <laughs>
I needed it, damn it. Uh, another piece of news we got from the DC Universe streaming app trailer, and this was a bit of depressing news. This this was the other new thing we found out. Uh, Young Justice Season 3, it's coming. We promise it's coming, but it's not coming till 2019. We pushed it back again. <laughs> Makes me think maybe that's when the app's coming. It, it kind of has to be, right? Cause like this, it sounds like, like a launch launch show for the app. It would be very foolish, considering that they sold this whole app with Young Justice Season 3 yeah. in mind. If they launched without Young Justice Season 3, I could picture that being disastrous. Yeah, yeah, people would not be happy. Because, like, I love the Christopher Reeve Superman movies, and I love all the DC animated movies, but I can and have been getting them elsewhere. Again, what is your Netflix model? What's the special thing you have that no one else has? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Which, hey, you know, I'm, I'm really excited for Young Justice Season 3. Man, man, I hope it lives up to all the expectations <laughs> I and everyone else has after this wait of thinking it was dead, making peace with it being dead and gone. Only to be like, no, 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 we're bringing it back, but we're bringing it back through this app, and where it's like, well, you haven't really showed us anything from it yet. Should I be, should I be worried about this? Yeah, yeah. Because it, be, it would be so disappointing if this came back. And it, like, not even just bad if it just wasn't as good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, that's the thing. Like, I think people's expectations are getting a bit too higher now. So, like, even if it's even if it's like still really good, but it doesn't like mm. have that one thing that people want, people will just write it off immediately. It's true. It's like rain it, rain it back, guys. Got to rain it back in a little bit. Uh, the other show, which we didn't see any new footage from it, but they uh, released some new news and some new photos of it. Uh, the live action Teen Titans series. We got the full costume look for what Robin is going to look like. Yeah, it's basically, it's like a Batman Begins, like, oh. Nolan costume. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not bad, though. I mean, I know it's Robin yeah. when I look at him. I mean, like, I could nitpick stylistic choices all day and night. But, yeah, it's, it looks like Robin. Yeah, it looks pretty decent. I know they've said the show as well is going to be um, uh, R-rated as well. I'm glad you brought that up, Matt. <laughs> yeah, apparently their big pitch for Teen Titans, the streaming show, is it's going to be R-rated now, this show about teens, and it's going to be geared more towards adults for some reason, even though, as much as I hate to admit it, the most successful incarnation of Teen Titans has been Teen Titans Go. Yeah, doesn't really make much sense. Why, why must the Teen Titans always occupy these two diametrically opposed extremes? Why can they never meet in the middle? Why must they either be so childish I need to be six to be able to enjoy it, or why does it need to be R-rated and dropping a bunch of F-bombs? Uh, I don't know. And here's the thing. Like, this article came up. I saw Thorgy talking about it on Twitter. And I'm like, ah, that's ridiculous. No, no one in their right mind would do a grim and gritty, dark uh, Teen Titans show for their app. Then I read Teen Titans special from this week, Matt. <laughs> I read that one as well. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> They're getting it. They're, doing it. they're getting it ready and they're getting ready early. Let's let's talk about this first of all. Uh, Damien is a murderer again. Yeah, yeah. Adam just, Glass just on a whim. Just on a whim. Adam Glass is just like, hey, that's a that's a nice character development you got here up here, Tomasi and Benjamin Percy and everyone else who's been writing the character for like the last five to six years. It's a uh, just ball all that up and throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> let's undo it all. Let's just undo all of it. And, uh, hey, Wally West, uh, let's make you an idiot uh, to, again, further uh, talk about your mishandling as a character. Uh, hey, remember when you joined Slade's darker, grittier Teen Titans team because you were unhappy with how you were being treated by the Flashes and the rest of the team? Well, let's just do that again. <laughs> and pretend like it didn't happen. Hey, Emiko, remember you were on good terms with your mom and it actually ended in a pretty nice place? Uh, well, you're enemies again. Uh, she tries to kill you. Uh, also, the Ninth Circle is back, even though they were destroyed at the end of Green Arrow. I didn't read that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't read what I only read the first issue. I but, Bendis did. I Bendis. But here's the thing. We need these kids to be angry, Matt. They need to be angry because parents just don't understand is what it is. Parents. Parents don't understand. They'll never understand. Well, that's literally the marching orders. Like, these kids need to be angrier, have more attitude, and be more in your face than ever before. <laughs> and I'm like, this this is terrible. Stop. Please, Adam Glass, stop. No, no, you haven't even seen the three new gritty characters that I'm going to introduce. No. 
Yeah, I remember when when those characters were announced, and we said like, the, I think we actually like kind of joked about it. It's, it's getting edgier, and yeah, because yeah. it's like Lobo's daughter and all these characters from like, uh, was it uh, the New Age of Heroes and stuff? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was some new. There was Lobo's daughter, who's definitely looking to be more edgy and in your face. Then there's like a gin girl and like a big fat alien kid, and I'm like these these characters look focus grouped. Yeah, yeah. They they character look character by committee. Character by committee. They look focus group. And I said this before too. I'm like, oh, oh, feel, feels like someone's afraid of champions. Is what it feels like. What's like? Ah, oh, these kids who speak to teens and who teens actually care about shit. What do we do to make kids care? Um, oh, we make them edgy. Is what we do. <laughs> kids, kids love edge. Kids love feeling like they're getting away with something for reading it. But yeah, man, that teen Teen Titans was a really hard ride this week. Everything I read from DC was a hard ride this week. Again, the latter half of the show will be dedicated to Luke Cage, but man, man, there was some mishandling going on at DC this week, Matt. There, there was. There, there was a couple of issues there that were, yeah. You, uh, you want to talk about Superman before we move on? Because I figure <laughs> people are going to be dying to know what you think. So please, I, I render you the floor, sir. I, 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 did, I, I liked every, I liked everything except that. Um, part with Jor-El. Yeah. Because the, this confirms that Bendis didn't read Oz Effect or he only read the cliff notes because <sighs> Jor-El's back and he's basically doing the exact same plan he had in Oz Effect. The exact same plan, only again, Bendis doesn't understand John's character. John's like, screw you, Mom and Dad. I'm going to go with super awesome evil Grandpa. We're going to travel around the universe like Rick and Morty. Szechuan sauce. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly exactly word for word how that's it was. that's exactly how it went everyone that's exactly how it went which again really bendis this is this is how much you didn't want to write john because your yeah. superman was single and you wanted to invent melody Moore and robinson good so you know superman might want to fuck at some point this <laughs> this is what you did a whole mini series of like how how do I break up the happy family that is Superman? And again, between John doing that and Damien killing someone in the same week, I imagine poor Peter Tomasi who did so much work on both characters. I imagine him just banging his head against the table. Yeah, he's, he's like that guy on the front of the Action Comics issue one cover with his hands clasped on the side of his head and yeah. screaming. He's that guy, which again, thank God he at least gets to write more Super Sons, even if it's technically out of continuity yeah. now. Well, is it though? It's it's a side <laughs> continuity. It's, it's, my com it's my continuity. It's my continuity because I choose it. That other shit isn't continuity. <laughs> oh man, that was rough. Titans was rough. Oh man, the final prelude to the wedding was rough too. I didn't mind that, but it wasn't bad. Tim Seeley, it's clear his hands were tied. He tried to write some interesting stuff for Joker and Harley, but you can only do so much in a in a in a one shot time. Yeah. What got me was that they completely brush over the fact where it's like, but how did Joker find out about Batman and Catwoman's wedding? Never gonna tell you. Yeah, yeah, we never really unless uh, who am I kidding? It's not going to be explained in issue fifty. No, um, they're get, they're getting married in fifty, and Joker might have died in forty nine. So no, we'll never find out. Yeah, that 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 does kind of. I did I did appreciate it though uh, that it was kind of it was kind of like like their version of like couples counseling. Yeah, where they were like working shit out and everything, and it felt like it sh this should have been issues forty seven and forty eight. Yes, uh, again, yeah. Of Batman. Yeah, it should have actually been clear. I like that Tim Seeley clearly did his homework and he made reference to stuff like the death of a million smiles from Batman the Animated Series. I'm like, all right, you did your homework. Yeah. But again, that one was rough. What was, what was the other DC book I read this week that totally uh, totally hurt me? Uh, oh, uh, Detective Comics, the big long-awaited Brian Hill uh, one. Did you get a chance to read that? I did. I didn't mind it. See, I didn't mind it either. It was probably the best of the ones I read, but again, yeah. so many problems. <laughs> Mainly <laughs> after the end of Tynan's Detective Comics, Batman being like, I don't need a team anymore. I'm going to go solo. Did I say that? No, I'm going to turn around and try and rebuild the Outsiders as my own team. Justice League of America, never heard of it. Yeah, see, see, that's like the problem because this technically spins out of metal. 
and, yes. and and that that would have been Scott Snyder sitting up there the the outside and then someone had to come in and write that and mm-hmm. kind of like tied the hands of whoever wrote it especially after Tynan's story mm-hmm. also the new villain karma i i hate i love batman but i hate the sidekicks they make him weak i need to kill all the sidekicks wasn't that joker's plan in death of the family shut up yeah and, and I, i'm guaranteeing that it's it's that that super fan we see at the start oh oh you despite, mean but despite his death he's despite i know right oh you mean benny the comic historian you mean the guy i work with who has purple hair that haircut he does this thing i i was looking i'm like this guy looks so familiar (laughs) he is he is literally a sickening amalgamation of all the major comic book youtubers (laughs) only not you or i though because he's not white and has a chin beard Thanks, Brian Hill. It's nice to know who you watch. He's got Nerd Sings glasses. He's got Benny's hair. He's vaguely Asian like Comic Island. <laughs> but he's not me, though. That's No, see, that's going to be the twist. Karma's going to take off his mask, and it's going to be me, you, Comic Pop Comics Explained. And all the other channels melded together. We're the bad guys. <laughs> he's going to be like a biracial guy with a chin beard and an Australian-Italian accent. That's who it's gonna be. Oh god! I hate the sidekicks. <laughs> Was better without yeah. them. Yeah, I, 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 did, I didn't mind that. You, you're not reading Flash War, are you? No, I'm not. What's up with Flash War? You, you should be reading that because this is probably the best event DC ever on at the moment. That's what I'm hearing. I feel really bad that I didn't keep reading Joshua Williams' Flash Run because I love Joshua Williams. He's probably one of the best kept secrets at DC these days. Yeah, yeah, the, this story is it's it's been building up for quite some time, but yeah, this this issue is like I want to say like the halfway point. I can't, I don't know how long this the event is. I think it's six parts, five right. parts maybe. Um but yeah, this is the you know, Hunter Zolomon tricking Wally Ooh. into like breaking the speed force. Uh and he does it and doing that gives Hunter other powers outside the speed force so like oh. the strength force the sage force cool. uh, a bunch of other ones and, and he dons like the original flash costume oh nice because uh, he kept because he keep kept the uh the original flash ring that had the costume in it and oh cool uh, so yeah and like his, his whole deal is that oh, if i can't be a villain i'll become a hero and i'll become the best hero and the best oh. heroes make take risks like breaking the speed force <laughs> That does sound like up my alley. That does like sound like I would dig it. It, it, it even sort of throws into question like that Titans thing with Wally because in uh. in the in the last in the last um the last one he got like disintegrated by Doctor Manhattan. Oops. Yeah, yeah. Wally again. So much discontinuity. Wally's fighting the Suicide Squad in that Titan special, and he's like, "The Suicide Squad killed my father." No, they didn't. Your father died heroically defending the Suicide Squad and a Middle Eastern nation, and you knew this already. <laughs> and you, yeah, you. Even in like the Flashbook, he sort of come to terms with that mm-hmm. and accepted it. Adam Glass didn't read anything. <laughs> no, no. Here, here's the problem, Matt. Bendis on Superman is spreading to the other books. Everyone is coming down with bendicitis. <laughs> bendicitis. Oh, I got a bad case of the bendicitis. Oh, I'm not going to read those last six months worth of books. <laughs> I'll read the wiki pages. I'll read the wikis and make it up. You think? You think? Like, like I get it. Some writers are busy. They can't read everything. Sometimes you want a clean start. Well, that, that's what editor, editors are for. That's what editors are for. And also, don't reference things if you didn't read it. Yeah. And you think I like that it. would be... It. You think it would be a rule, right? Where it's like, okay, Adam Glass, you got Teen Titans now. Cool. Read the Benjamin Percy run. It was only like 19 issues. Yeah, yeah. Read that, try and figure it out. Read a little of this, that, and the other. But no, apparently not. <laughs> But oh well, enough enough about crapping on uh, DC's admittedly bad week. We got some more news here. Uh, so Jared Leto is apparently going to be taking a break from the Joker cinematic universe to star in the upcoming Morbius movie from Sony. Oh, Jesus Christ. Now, is he going to become Mobius? Is he going to become a vampire? Is he going to really live the character? Is he going to send, you know, condoms filled with blood? to all of his co-workers uh, and everything. Is he going to sleep in a coffin? But it's like, dude, you're a living vampire, whatever. 
How method is he going to take this role as Morbius? Will he will he only go out at night and not see the sun? Will he file his teeth into fangs? I, I think he has to, really. <laughs> I, I, I would really appreciate nothing else. Will will he get the words bloodsucker tattooed across his forehead? Because <laughs> he's real messed up, you know? He's real messed up. Oh, God. No, no, no. He's going to get teeth, like, actually grafted to his hands, like, in the cartoon. <laughs> For more of his plasma. I need your plasma. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna walk around the streets of LA asking people for their plasma. <laughs> uh, so, do we think this is going to be like a Venom thing where against all odds it gets made, or do we think this is going to be like a Black Cat Silver Sable that like cooler heads prevail and it doesn't get made? Uh, yeah, I get it. It's probably just one of those things that's just that kind of comes to fruition, but then at the last minute it's canceled. Though, saying that, like, for all we know, Venom could do really well. That's the thing. It could shock. It, it could be shit, but everyone could go see it because it's Venom. Yeah, and, and not just that the general audience will think, oh, it's related to Spider-Man. I think, I think that's very much what Sony is betting on in this situation. Yeah. They really, really want you to go and see it because of that. Yeah, and, and if that happens, we'll end up getting this and probably getting like some weird villain universe like they were trying to do with the oh, Sinister God. Six. Oh, God. The Sinister <laughs> Universe. Fuck me. Yep, and Aunt May Secret Agent movies. Oh, see, see, Secret Agent Aunt May has to go forward in time with a S.H.I.E.L.D. time machine to stop the villains. <laughs> but she can't die, though, or else it'll mess with the present, past, future. <laughs> and then Black Hat and Silver Sable can be in there, too. We'll just, we'll just put it all together. We'll just put it all in a pot. All in a pot. That, oh, that'll work. That'll work. That's what they want to see. <laughs> but hey, you know what? Again, you know, to say that you know everything Sony's doing is wrong, you know, would be you know would be a little untrue because they also have the rights to the Valiant universe of comics. There, Matt, and apparently they're setting serious work on trying to get a Faith movie uh, to work now. That's cool. I, I I haven't read Faith, but I know a lot of people really liked it. I like the concept of Faith a heck of a lot. A plus size superhero woman who I think I think she work she's a blogger. She works for a website or something. And I'm like, thank you, a superhero who has my job for a change. <laughs> Someone I can see myself, and I think her superhero name is Zephyr, and she can control the wind. It's it's funny too because apparently they have two Valiant uh, projects in the works right now. This Faith movie and also Bloodshot. And I like they had the Manchurian Candidate super soldier movie and the kind of like more down-to-earth movie about the big woman. I like I like they decided it's like, eh, big woman, we can do super soldier later. <laughs> we think more people will like big woman than albino super soldier. <laughs> as long as they don't get Amy Schumer to play her. Ah, Amy Schumer will put on the weight for this role. She's, she's willing to do it. Please know the movie will bomb then. Uh, Melissa McCarthy is. Now, Melissa McCarthy's a little too old for this. No, you yeah. know who they get? Rebel Wilson is Faith. She's a little bit too old as well. Uh, she's getting there too. If this was like back during like uh, that first acapella movie, maybe, but not now. <laughs> it will be interesting to see who they cast for this because, again, it, you're basically making Hollywood go against all its worst impulses where yeah. it's like, it's like cast as best friend. No, no, no. She's the lead. Quirky best friend. No, lead Hollywood. No, lead. Jesus Christ. <laughs> lead. Qu quirky best I'm, I'm so... We just, we just can't. <laughs> we, it's just not... It's just not our way. We can't do it. But yeah, so there's Faith. Again, you know, I, I'd like to see something become of the Valiant universe, even though I've often talked about the state of Valiant as a company right now, that they were bought out by Chinese investors and basically turned into an IP farm. Yeah, yeah. Which is a sad final chapter in this company's history. But hey, you know, if we get one good movie about it, that'd be something. Yes. And somewhere Jim Shooter will cry a single tear. <laughs> I, I worked on that. I helped that. That was one of several <laughs> companies I made and was then ousted by. <laughs> They're like all my delinquent children who don't call anymore. <laughs> I made you, damn it. I made all of this. I paid for your splendor. <laughs> but I'm not bitter. <laughs> 
Uh, speaking of off-the-wall uh, comic book properties and different media projects, uh, here's a game that got announced, and I think this one got buried under all the other E3 Spider-Man news, so I felt it was kind of my duty to talk about it. Uh, what do you know about Black Sad, Matt? Very little. All right, I, I will explain it to you, and by extension, the audience. Black Sad is a series of detective stories. Uh, yeah. Published mainly in France by a Spanish art and writing team. Uh, basically, the best way I could describe it is, what if Zootopia was super hardcore and in the 50s? Yeah, yeah you follow a detective, John Blacksad, who is a Black Panther, by which I don't mean he's part of the Black Panther party. No, he's a literal anthropomorphized Black Panther who solves crimes in the 1950s. And they're just really good detective stories, and they're beautifully drawn. Like, oh my god, every every image is a goddamn painting. It's it why is. it's maybe like it's the reason why one comes out like maybe every two to three years because it takes forever to do it. Yeah, but yeah, it's fucking gorgeous. It's getting the video game treatment apparently. Yeah, I, I did see some images of it, mm -hmm. and uh, looks looks pretty pretty good. It's like kind of similar to um, Wolf Among Us. Uh, yeah, 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 like the the Fable one, yeah. I got a very big Wolf Among Us vibe. For a second there, I'm like, wait, did, did did Telltale get the rights to this too? Telltale gets the right to everything. Oh no, no, it's not actually. Yeah, so it won't be probably it probably won't be like a point and click game like mm. they their games very much are. Although I would be fine with that if it was, because that's yeah. basically all the story: solve the mystery, get into a fight with a thug, maybe a shootout or a car chase. Yeah, and uh, it seems to be an original story too. Which is something quite interesting, because the dude has been, like, very controlling of it. The the creator, who, uh, again, he's, he's a Spanish guy. It's, it's a very, very world-centric comic, written by a Spanish guy for the French market that gets translated into English later. <laughs> it's very funny like that. Actually, the, the last trade that came out, uh, what is it, uh, the, the original Green Arrow guy... Uh, he wrote like the like the foreword for it, and he basically just wrote like six paragraphs, being like, "I fucking love this book. It's so good." <laughs> and I'm like, "If it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me." <laughs> but yeah, that's that's Black Sad. That's pretty cool. Keep keep an eye out for that. And if you've never read Black Sad, check it out. Yeah, it should, it should be it should be pretty good. Did you did you also hear that that apparently um. Telltale, while we're talking about Telltale, they're changing their, their engine finally. I did hear that. Man, that engine had a good decade-long run. <laughs> it, 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 it was pushing um, uh, Bethesda's Radiant engine there for a bit. Mm. Again, it's, it's about time. Boy, did they just, you know, squeeze it for everything it was worth. <laughs> it's, yeah, it is about time because their games are starting to look... Look very bad. <laughs> they kind of are. Like, as much shit as I give David Cage for being a pretentious hack of a writer and everything, Detroit became hu Become Human looks really pretty. It does. It's a really nice-looking game. It's it's a, sh it's a shame it's about as subtle as a sledgehammer. It's, it's simultaneously his best and his worst game. It's his best because it looks great and plays great, and Clancy Brown is in it, and that makes everything better. Ooh, it's your worst, though, because you actually tried to say something and tried to be timely and topical, and you are not a good writer. <laughs> Ugh, can I just do Seven again? I love the movie Seven, and I love Aliens. Can I just, you know, steal from them forever and ever? Yes, David. Yes, you can. Okay. The emotion. The emotion. emotion. Can, I, can I take the naked pictures of the Ellen page, even though I said <laughs> I didn't, and get a suit? Yes. Yes, you can. <laughs> And then can I sue the media for saying that I'm a terrible boss and that my company is a terrible place to work? I can. Oh, I love it so much. Living the American dream. <laughs> Thanks, Tommy Wiseau of Video Games. <laughs> and on that note, everyone, Luke Cage Season 2. We finally saw it. If you haven't seen it yet, save this show. Come back later. We will be spoiling everything. Every everything I I didn't leave, I didn't put spoilers in my uh, video mainly in my video review mainly because I knew we were going to be talking about this today and there is some pretty big stuff worth spoiling in this that actually happens I mean to just come out and say it I really enjoyed Luke Cage season two I think it is a vast improvement over season one well not only a vast improvement over season one but like the overall Netflix shows yes they they evolved it again. And uh, again, you know, I, I was going to say this. 
I am so happy that they actually seem to have taken some of the best pages out of the Jessica Jones playbook, and that is keep the cast nice and small, so even when you mm-hmm. break off from Luke, you're having interesting stories. Uh, don't be afraid to throw a flashback episode in there at some point to help uh, flesh things out, because those do really well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just oh, oh, oh uh, make it about the hero uh, having to reconnect with a familial figure. Mm-hmm. Which between Jess doing it in season two of her show, Luke doing it here, and Daredevil almost certainly doing it with his mother and his show, it's kind of a nice theme for Phase Two of Netflix. It is. It is. Really is. How how good was uh, Reggie McCarthy there as uh, Luke's dad, the preacher? He was really good. It's he was so really good. Which this show is actually dedicated to his memory because he died. Yeah, yeah, I I do like like when when you first like see him in this season. You can't really help but hate him a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, and, and, but then, then as it goes along and everything, you're like, oh yeah, I could see what he did was okay, and he charms he, the pants off, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very charming dude. Him and Mike Coulter have a really good back and forth between themselves. And again, to you know, Luke, Luke goes through a big ass journey in this show as a character, emotionally, and just you know everything. He he really does. He really does, yeah. They did an excellent job mining this idea where it's like, okay, season one, he's the defender of Harlem. Season two, he joins the defenders, kind of helps save New York City. And now he kind of has to deal with and reconcile being like the sheriff of Harlem, being a hero, but also not having a secret identity and basically having to be on 24-7. Yeah, and and it, it's not made easy by uh, his friend there uh, starting what is it the Hero app? Oh yeah, yeah, the Hero of Harlem app. Yeah, so like whenever anyone sees him, they can put the locator on him, mm. and he's over here, he's here, he's here, and he, nothing in his life is like his own anymore. No, no, he's again he got out of prison. Now it's like he's a prisoner in his own life. Yeah, yeah. Another smart thing they do is obviously he was with Claire at the end of the other shows. Uh, They do a really interesting job because Claire and Luke are probably the healthiest romantic relationship we've seen on the show to kind of see how being a superhero and being a vigilante would really play havoc with any romantic relationship, which again, you know, it's like you see a lot with cops where it's like, you know, are you married to me or are you married to the job? And Luke has to be married to one hell of a job all the time. Yeah, and uh, it, it kind of like gets the better of him a little yeah. bit as well. Like uh, as we see, like when when uh, Claire leaves him, it's because he gets overly angry at this yeah. wife beater. Yeah, really, and which he ends up punching the wall and kind of kind of really breaks. And even as his father says, you know, for for some people, you know, getting angry is one thing. If you get angry and you lose your shit, no one can stop you. No. And that's terrifying to be your friend and terrifying to be around you. There's a real theme, too, that his dad, the preacher, brings up. He talks about, like, you know, this old uh, this old Native American story that was later shown up in the Bible. This idea of, you know, what, what wolf do you feed? You know, in every man there are two wolves, you know, the one that wants vengeance and the one that doesn't. And, you know, what kind of yeah. man are you, whichever wolf you feed? That's very much reflected in the villain of this season, Bushmaster. Yeah, oh my god, I I love Bushmaster. He is excellent. He is one of the best things about this show. He's so good, they don't kill him at the end. They just let him get away. I know, that's so good. And he gets away, which again, you know, there's uh, because he's Jamaican, obviously, Bushmaster this season is filled with amazing reggae music. The whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, huh, why haven't they used any Bob Marley yet? For the last scene with Bushmaster, they use my favorite Bob Marley song, Redemption Song. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mustafa Shakir is the actor who plays him. I legitimately no. thought he was Jamaican. He's not. He's just an amazing actor. Yeah, he's 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 really good at uh, a Jamaican accent. Mm. And again, just much like Luke, he is uh, charming when he has to be. Like you'd mm-hmm. want to hang out with him. He's brutal and terrifying when he has to be, and yet he's weirdly sympathetic for the entire show as well. Well, that, well that's the thing. Like he's. He's not a villain to Luke. No. Luke just happens to get in the way. He's a villain to Alfie Woodward's yeah. Mariah Dillard. Yeah. How how often is that a thing where you have a villain in a show who his motivations and his drives and what he wants 
has nothing to do with the hero. The hero just continually gets in his way. <laughs> yeah, he just happened to be there. Mm -hmm. Which, again, the idea is, is like, you know, uh, Bushmaster's war with Mariah and the Stokes family spills over into Harlem and innocent people will get hurt and that's what Luke can't abide. It's very, it's very Western in that regard. There's a lot of Western illusions in this season mm -hmm. and there's a lot of Godfather illusions in this season, so much to the point that they actually steal the final shot from Godfather with the closing door. <laughs> I, I like that. I, I like that cool. a lot too. Man, did you know Lucy Liu directed the first episode in this? I did, because I saw her name in the director's... Credit. Yeah. She's, she's got chops, Lucy. Luke, can she direct more? Can she direct a couple Iron Fists? Yeah, well, please, oh, speaking of Iron Fists, let's talk about Iron Fist. He gets that one episode that, like, writes everything right. In one, this is how good Luke Cage Season 2 is. It saves Danny Rand as a character. Episode 10 is basically the Heroes for Hire episode, and it's better than the entirety of Iron Fist Season 1. He's so good in this. He's everything he should have been. The relationship between him and Luke is perfect and spot on. I didn't want it to end. <laughs> I don't. I, I. It makes me want the um the showrunner of this, Chiyo Hadari Koga, mm. to do Iron Fist, please. Or at the very least, can Luke come over for an episode of Danny's show and can yeah, they team I think up he there? Will be. I think he will, too. And, and also, I, I know he's still kind to technically with Colleen Wing right now, but they're kind of moving the relationships around. Hey, can Misty do a, can do a guest spot on Iron Fist? Because there are a couple in the comics I'd like to see them explore that. That'd be really cool. I, I, I like Misty's role in this season as well. She, uh, she gets so much to do. Deal with losing her arm and how that affects her job, but also like deciding whether she wants to be like her old partner. Yep. If she even wants to be a cop anymore is yeah. the thing. There's a couple times where I'm like, oh, is she going to quit and be the private detective Misty Knight from the comics? Or is she going to feel the pull to come back? But yeah, there's a lot of really interesting stuff with her. Uh, it's funny because obviously because Luke Cage, as we mentioned, is a hero and a public person. Misty has kind of like these real world Commissioner Gordon problems where it's like, well, obviously I want to help the vigilante. He has everyone's best, you know, uh, best in mind, only for yeah. the other cops to be like, you can't do that. That breaks the law super hard. <laughs> and she's like, well, no, no one got mad at Jim Gordon for this. He's a bulletproof man who doesn't want a bulletproof man on your side. <laughs> Yeah, her, her shit's good. The arm looks super cool. She also wears a lot more red, which obviously is her comic costume. Yeah, I, I like that. I it's, like that she, she once she is basically once she got the arm, she started wearing all the red and everything. It's very subtle. It's like I'm not wearing a costume yet, but I'm building up to wearing a costume. Yeah. Uh, we also got another new character. We got to meet Mariah's daughter, Tilda Johnson, also known as mm -hmm. Tilda Stokes, also known in the comics as Deadly Nightshade. Yeah, which is funny because she delivers the nightshade to Bushmaster that gives him his powers. Which is the source of his powers in this version, which I gotta say, for two characters who were super underwritten in the comics, they actually do a great job bridging the gap between them, and I was happy with what they actually found between them. Yeah, they were really great. And Deadly Nightshade even wears her costume at the end, too, and she comes in with the double buns and wearing all black. Like, ah, that's your comic costume. <laughs> <laughs> You're wearing a costume. That's so cool. Uh, yeah, man, the stuff they wrote with Bushmaster also calls into question a lot of stuff we know about metahumans and powers in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where it's like, yeah, he gets his powers from Nightshade, which is magic, but as we saw in Thor and everything else, well, you call it magic, we call it science. Maybe it's somewhere in the middle. And it it kind of it kind of is a science because it's it's like a plant, and you got to get like the the extract from it mm -hmm. and and all that sort of stuff. So it kind of is a science to mm -hmm. it. But yeah, it's like he does like the voodoo rituals uh, and everything. And yeah, they they also seek to imply that maybe he had a latent. Uh, metagene anyway because yeah. he survived flu shots that killed everyone else so maybe maybe there was something special in him and the witch doctor even essentially says oh you know nightshade doesn't heal it only reveals what was in you all along and i'm like oh you're making yeah. it sound like the super soldier serum actually <laughs> Well, that, that's what that's what I was thinking. Is I'm like, oh, this is kind of like 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 a sort of like a like a super soldier serum light. Yes. Only it's like a drug that slowly kills you. 
yeah, it makes you go like insane and crave more. <laughs> it's it's very Shakespearean, you know, where it's like, no, I, you know, I, I, I need more of it. You know, he's kind of fiending like a junkie. Th- there's a lot of great illusions. You know, there's the Shakespearean stuff, the like war that we see between the Stokes family and, you know, Bushmaster's family play out yeah. over the decades is super Hatfields and McCoys. They even bring yeah, that up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm like, wow, you know, these characters that, again, were kind of written in season one. You added so much lore to it, and you get a lot of that in the flashback episode, and man, did they cast some good people to play the younger versions of everyone else. Oh, yeah. some like The, the guy that plays like the younger Bushmaster mm-hmm. actually kind of looks like him as he well. He looked almost exactly like him. I'm like, shit, that's really good casting. The lady who plays young uh, Alfred Woodley, uh, Mariah, is also really good. Yeah, yeah. She, she had her attitude there. It's like, you know, get me a drink, get me a towel. <laughs> Man, she's really good in this too, isn't she? She is swinging for the fences with this performance. I I love that. Like throughout the season, she's just got like kind of like more and more like unhinged and insane, oh, yeah. and and so much so that like shades like is kind of like stepping back and go like no, too too crazy, too much. She she has her Lady Macbeth moment. She gives like several just straight up Lady Macbeth yeah. monologues in this. Yeah. Answer, answer me this one. I watched the show with someone who uh, kept saying, it's like, is she, is she supposed to be drunk in this scene or is that just how she's performing? <laughs> I, I know what you, I know you like get the scenes you're talking about. Yeah. Where she go, like just go completely unhinged. And, yeah. Like, she's just, like, it was like a drunk coked out, like, yeah, woman or something. yeah. Get, getting a little slurry. Every word's got a little yeah, longer. Yeah. And I'm just like, is this, is this just her unique way of playing or did she did she knock a couple back before the take and no one wanted to say anything? <laughs> hey, maybe maybe she's super method like that. Maybe she's like, no, nah, I need a couple drinks to play this character. Yeah, maybe just like booze was part of the craft services and <laughs> I got, just kept, I gotta, kept drinking it. Yeah, I gotta bring the evil out a little bit by drinking. Like, man, if she now that's that's good method. That's not Jared Leto method where you just fuck with everyone for no reason. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, really, what else is there to say? It's like this was such a layered season. There was so much going on. There was so much going on, and it never felt overstuffed or mm-hmm. understuffed. Like every episode, like meant something. There was none of that. That like where you get to like episode mm-hmm. eight or nine, that slump. Yep. None of that. It's funny because like episode nine, they have the big fight in Ran Industries. I'm like, oh. So that's the end, right? Wow, they wrapped this up pretty quick. It felt like that, yeah. It felt like the end, then there's like, oh, no, no, there's four more episodes. And I'm like, man, I bet these four episodes are going to suck. This is where it's going to take a dive because, you know, they ran out of material. Oh, no, wait, Danny ran crossover. Oh, no, wait, uh, flashback episode. Oh, no, wait, they pulled all their tricks out at the end. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really great. Yeah, it was really well done. Uh, again, to bring it back to Bushmaster and just how awesome he is, one of my favorite things about his characterization is they do something with him that they never really do with supervillains, and I wish they should start doing more. They gave him a family, just a normal, regular, mm. down-to-earth family who even busted his balls about being a supervillain. They're like, oh, no, you did this now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they like run that, um, it's like a Jamaican bar, restaurant yeah. Gwen. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. And yeah, there's like scenes where he's just like hanging out there with them yeah. and, and like watching sports and stuff mm-hmm. or, you know, just hanging with them. Yeah, and, and they know what he's doing, but they don't judge yeah. him for it. Like they understand where it's like, yeah, you know, the Stokes did some really horrible things to him. He, he, he's just got to work it out. He's just he's just got to get it out of his system and he'll be fine. <laughs> he's not, though. The, the uncle is really great to uh, Uncle Anasazi there. He... He's a background character, but even he has a little mini arc in this where he keeps telling his nephew, oh, you got to stop taking the nightshade. It's killing you. I'm not going to watch you kill yourself. I'm not going to let you do this. Then you find out in the flashback that when he got hurt as a kid, he took him for the first nightshade infusion to save his life. Yeah, he's kind of like Bushmaster's pops. Yes, yes, he absolutely is. And again, this whole season two is about drawing comparisons between Bushmaster and Luke. And they even say, in another life, I bet we could have been friends, is the thing, yeah, but not now. Well, you see that comparison. You see, like, Luke, and he, he's alone in the barbershop, whereas mm. Bushmaster has his family and everything in, yep. in, in a busy shop and everything. And yeah. It's a great, great comparison. They, they do a lot of that really well. And I'm like, man... It's hard to believe they're turning Bushmaster into Luke Cage's like true arch nemesis. 
when he was like in maybe two or three stories in the comics. Yeah, well, I'm glad they are. Man, like, like here's the thing. People complain sometimes where it's like, oh, you know, why did the comics have to follow the show so hard? Hey, Luke Cage comics, any of these street-level comics, bring this version of Bushmaster in. <laughs> He's yeah, that it, good. It doesn't matter for, like, these type of characters who don't really have that many runs or, yeah. like, these characters are really super underdeveloped. You can do that with this. With this. And, yeah, br- bring this Bushmaster to the comics. Please, Please do. <laughs> Please do. He's that good. <laughs> He's just that good. Uh, what else do we have going on this season? Ooh, uh, again, some really nice deep cuts if you are a Luke Cage fan and if you are a Marvel Street Level fan. We have Piranha Jones, uh, the mm-hmm. stock criminal who kind of kicks things off in the first four episodes trying to get Mariah and Shades to move away uh, from like you know traditional crime into more corporate crime. He's a guy from the comics. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that episode where um, Luke has to go sort of like work for him at that like mm. party. Oh, that got, was like, fun! All, 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 all the stuff in his office, uh, all the like Luke Cage paraphernalia. Because he's a super fan, don't you know? Yeah, that episode is great too because that does some amazing foreshadowing. Where he's like, "Oh, you know, I bought you for the party. I'm going to shoot you, and it's going to be a fun party game." Only for Luke to be like, "Hey, you idiot! If one of those bullets ricochets, you have no idea who you could hit." It must have been so hard to write fight scenes with Luke Cage, guy who's super strong and bulletproof, but they pull it off so excellently. They kind of have to redesign what a fight scene would be like with this character because he knows he's not going to get hurt. It's all about him trying to minimize casualties to everyone else, and he also knows he can't hit anyone too hard or he might kill them. So he has, like, slap foo. He just slaps them on the head and knocks them on the head. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, apparently, like the stunt coordinator, that's what he called it. Apparently, they really worked hard to be like, okay, how would a guy like this fight? Like, they actually worked it out. It makes sense, yeah. They would have to work something like that out. He's a yeah, guy. You can't just, like, go punch someone mm-hmm. and kill him. Yeah, he's a guy always trying to find control. The fights, too, with Bushmaster are excellent, too, because they're not Daredevil and they're not Iron Fist fights. They're very brutal street fights. With like little extra flares here and there. Again, I couldn't help but be reminded of uh, what is it really good like wrestling booking or like sports movies and how they build it up. Because like Bushmaster wins the first time because he blindsides him. Then he wins the second time because he cheats. Luke wins the third time but no one's watching. And then the fourth time everyone's at full power. The the high production... World, uh, world star videos <laughs> super high production <laughs> luke cage season two the world star of fights they're, yeah they're, they're brutal i i i really liked that second fight with them on the bridge oh so good like, I, that was yeah. such a good fight it was it was like a bruce lee movie it was like rumble yeah. in the bronx and everything meet me here at sunrise and we'll fight it out and yeah that was really good they also do a good job showing where it's like yes you can't shoot luke cage you can't burn him or stab him he can drown he can suffocate that's a big problem for him and if you hit him hard enough in the head he will get a concussion yeah you just gotta hit him hard enough (laughs) hard enough and and some of the smarter thugs figure that out near the end which i appreciated yeah, they they start using like the like um like those gun shade and all that had mm. in like the end of the first season. They start like equipping themselves with that and like shooting him with it, and it doesn't 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 kill him, but it like hurts him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another thing too. They actually make Luke stronger this season too, and it helps. Yeah, yeah. I guess they had to do something to write out where it's like, well, we have these Judas bullets. It's the one thing we that can actually hurt him. And we had a whole story of him having to find the doctor again to get it taken out. We can't do that again. So let's let's all star Superman this and say he's actually getting stronger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But every time he gets hit by one of them, his skin or, so, or like that that like endoskeletony sort of thing mm. sort of hardens a bit more. That's that's pretty smart. Uh, uh, another deep cut they had there, uh, Cockroach Hamilton. Yet another character from the comics who was an old guy in a cockroach hat. <laughs> uh, the lawyer, I didn't catch this right away, Ben Donovan is Big Ben Donovan, who was a purple-suited lawyer villain from the comics. Oh, that's cool. Yes, he's a real guy. I'm like, holy shit, he's a real guy too. They're all real. That's awesome. Yeah, Foggy makes an appearance, which is really cool. Foggy, that's another thing that I think makes Luke Cage Season 2 really work. It has probably the best crossovers and the best use of continuity. 
Yeah, and I I like that like like Foggy he he seemingly like like the defend the the, the lawyer's defender. Like, I like that he's the, the defender's lawyer and everything. Defender's he's, he's defender. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like working for these guys. That's really well done. I like that. That's tying everything together. Uh, we didn't see Turk this season though. Oh no, he did. He worked in the yeah, head yeah, shop. He did. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he worked. He worked with all the bongs and the smashing all the bongs and he's, everything. He's, he's gone straight now, Turk. Don't you know? But he's still got to <laughs> keep his cred. Uh, ooh, another great character from the comics. Uh, Comanche showed up. The other member of the rivals. I remember I was a little disappointed in season one how they handled the rivals because in the comics that's the gang that Carl Lucas was a member of, but obviously they've changed it around. Now he's not from Harlem, he's from Georgia, but the rivals were the prison gang that Diamondback was a member of, and Comanche and Shades worked for him. They bring them back in a great way and even give them their own little salute. Rivals, we ain't got none. Yeah, I, I really liked like him and, and Shades' like overall story and everything. Super and like, unexpected. Yeah, it, it was really a Shades' story as well through the whole season. Mm-hmm. It was really good. They did a gay romance subplot that was very subtle and very respectful. Yeah, yeah very, very respectful. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is it, a May-December romance between him and Mariah, which was also very subtle and very respectful. Yeah. Just a lot of good stuff, which, good for Theo Rossi, because I always complained in season one with him where I'm like, man, what an underrated actor having such an underwritten role where Shay's basically walked around all of season one, I'll be important later, I'll be important later, and he was important here. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I always kind of knew he was going to get, like, in, like, season two or something, a bit more to do. Yeah, and I, I'm happy for him. I really am. Uh, yeah. Uh, the music, again, stellar. Music is probably a bigger part of this show than any of the other Netflix shows because you have <laughs> the built-in story thing of Harlem's Paradise, so there's a new band and new celebrity, like, every uh, every episode. Yeah, Ghostface Killer. Ghostface, the Rizzo, the Jizzo, the Ghostface Killer made it here. Oh, uh, again, too, there's not one, but two actual songs that characters sing in this about the events of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I like that. I thought that was really cool. That was one. Tilda just sits down and just belts out a ballad about things that are going on with her and things that have happened <laughs> in the show. And then uh, KRS-One comes on and also has a brand new Luke Cage rap about things that have been going on. And I'm like, man, these guys really put the work in to write about what was going on in their world. <laughs> Hey, Daredevil, do you have two songs written about you? <laughs> Didn't think so, because you're laid up in an abbey, probably, after shit got dropped on you. <laughs> it was also funny, too, in the crossover, Luke Cage is like, really, Danny, you know, you fought a dragon to get your fist and everything? I'm like, yeah, Luke, you saw bones. Those were dragon bones and the Defenders. That's what the hand wanted. Dragons are legit real, and magic is legit real. <laughs> Which is a beautiful thing about this show and the MCU in general. You can have this neo noir black exploitation story, but also have a villain in it who is legit magic. Yeah, yeah, really well done. Uh, but what else do you have to say, Matt? Uh, I don't know. There's not really much more to say. It was it was really good, really well rounded. Uh, I was kind of worried that it might fall into those same pitfalls that the other season has, but it it didn't. It didn't. It uh, it got to the halfway point and didn't kill the far superior, far interesting villain and replace yeah, it with another one. Yeah, I was kind of worried they were going to do that. Me too. I was like, oh no, are they gonna are they gonna get rid of Bushmaster and then have Deadly Nightshade coming and be the villain for the latter half of the season? Thankfully, they didn't. Yeah, but yeah, uh, friggin' uh, Bushmaster survives. So he's probably yeah. going to be a villain again next season. Yeah, next season he, he could appear in like Iron Fist or that's right. Anyway, really, he could again. I keep saying for Defender season two, they need to let the villains escape so they can form like the villainous Defenders, the Offenders. That that'd be really cool. I don't know if they're going to make another another season of Defenders, but yeah, that that'd be really cool. Like like a villain from each of the shows, they all come together and form a and, super and fight, group. Fight the Defenders, yeah, the the Offenders. The uh, thank you. That, that one's free, Marvel Netflix. You can have that. One. <laughs> the Offenders. <laughs> think about it. You could have Bushmaster. You could have Bullseye. You could have. Well, I was going to say you could have Frank Simpson, but you can't. He's dead, unfortunately. You can have. I don't know, one of the shitty villains from Iron Fist, whatever. Yeah, get, get, get a Punisher villain in there. Or... Oh, yeah. Oh, I was just saying, you could get, uh, yeah, you could get Jigsaw, because he's alive now. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, there's a lot of shit you could do with that one. I, I tell you what, though, I, I was talking to people on the Discord server about this. Now, with the end of this season sort of hinting that, like, Luke has become sort of like, he's become the kingpin of Harlem. Harlem, which is very Daredevil. That's what Bendis did in his Daredevil run, that uh, Matt became kingpin. It's cool that they did it with Luke. See, I, I, I'm really hoping for, like, Daredevil Season 3 when the Kingpin comes back. Mm. We get, like, an episode that crosses over with Luke Cage where, like, Ooh. where like Matt has to go to Luke, who's the Kingpin now, to, like, help him I like defeat that. Wilson. I like that a lot and have Kingpin be like, okay, I'm back now. Time to hire Bullseye to go kill all my rivals for me. Oh, Luke Cage is yeah, a rival yeah. now. Yeah, how do I kill someone who's invincible? And Bullseye, who I'm sure will be awesome, be like, I'll, I'll, I'll take it, I'll do it, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I don't know how Bullseye is going to talk in that show, but I know, I know he's not going to be Irish, and that's all that's important. Yeah. He probably won't say anything, because that's mostly Bullseye <laughs> from the comics. He doesn't talk all that much. Yeah, well, hopefully he doesn't. And when he does, it's super creepy when he does talk. <laughs> but yeah, some other places I think would be cool if they take it, because they did Bushmaster, they worked magic with him that was super unexpected. Uh, some other Luke Cage villains they could potentially do. It's it's so funny. I was pitching Tombstone forever, and literally the story I had pitched for Tombstone, they did with Bushmaster here. <laughs> like it's basically exactly what I wanted, only it would have been Tombstone instead of Bushmaster. Uh, hardcore is a villain they could do. Do you know much about Hardcore, Matt? No, I'm not really too familiar with Luke Cage villains, no except one. for like all like the bigger ones. No, no one's familiar with Luke Cage villains. I don't blame you. Hardcore. He's got like a top fade, and he wears purple, and he's got like studded belts around his arm and waist, and, and he's super tough. He's super hardcore. <laughs> but that's the problem with Luke Cage villains too. Most of them are exactly the same. Just big black guys who are as strong as Luke. Yes, they're just yeah, just Luke Cage. But if he was a villain, if he was a villain, there's him. There's the Mangler, who again, same deal. There's one mm -hmm. of the Chemestros, which would be fun because Chemistro is one of those guys. It's like a legacy. Everyone's worn the costume. He's just a guy with like a chemical gun. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. That would be fun, because again, what does Nightshade say here? Oh, your skin is so amazing and so tough. I bet acid could burn it, though. Yeah, that'd be really cool. A villain who sprays acid, then Luke wouldn't know what the hell to do. He's got an acid gun. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> uh, another fun one they could do, uh, Gideon Mace is another villain I could see them doing. You know what his deal is? What's that? He's an ex-soldier, an angry white guy who might be racist, and he has a big mace on his hand. Oh, fantastic. And his mace sprays mace sometimes. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not fucking joking, that's real. <laughs> Comic book writers in the 70s, am I right? <laughs> hey, so his name's going to be Mace, and it's going to shoot mace. <laughs> Because that would be fun, because we see that Luke kind of creates... Well, he tries and stops a power vacuum in Harlem, but we also see that, like, evil Italian and Irish and Russian criminals all want a piece of Harlem, but, like, Mariah kept them at bay, and now Luke will have to keep them at bay. Yeah, yeah. That, that's going to be very interesting to see if they do that in what they do with Luke Cage Season 3. I'd, I'd, like, to, I'd like maybe, like, they don't technically have, like, a big villain, but they have Luke having to wrestle with... The fact that he's a crime lord now, and yeah. how does that affect how people see him, and all that sort of stuff? Uh, again, if if they're doing what I think they're doing, and they're cribbing notes from Bendis's run on Daredevil when he became the kingpin, I hope they have the scene they had in Daredevil where all the other defenders come together and basically have like an intervention for him and be like, yeah. you know, Luke, you're scaring us right now. <laughs> We, we yeah, think, that, I think that'd be really cool. Either all of all of them, or like Danny, or someone. Yeah, or Claire comes back, or, or something, or even Jess. Can Jess be a big thing yeah. in season three? I want Jess and Luke to be a thing, like they are in the comics, <laughs> so they can eventually have their daughter, who is cool in her own right. That'd be pretty cool. Plus, I mean, just more of Kristen Ritter is always fun. But yeah, I mean, that was yeah. Luke Cage season two. Uh, met and exceeded all of my expectations. It did. It really did. It was really great. Like, it set a new high bar for these Marvel Netflix show, and especially coming after, you know, stuff like Defenders and stuff like Iron Fist, where it's like, oh, no, was was Daredevil and Jessica Jones, were those were those flukes? 
you know, were those flukes? Was this a bad idea? No, it wasn't a bad idea. They can still make good stuff happen, and they're figuring it out, and they're getting better. They are, and it, it, it gives me hope for season two of Iron Fist, which I think is the next one. I think so too. Yeah, and I think that that actually might be scheduled to come out later on this year. Actually, yeah, because they're coming closer now. Yeah, I figure we find something out at San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, probably. Actually, hey, let's look at that now. Uh, Iron Fist season two. Would Iron Fist come next, or would Daredevil come next? Well, that's the thing. They're both filmed at the same, uh, filming at the same time. I think right. Jessica Jones is even filming at the same time. Punisher is. That's right, because they already went back. They went back quickly on that one. Uh, New York until uh, May 18th. Uh, the season is expected to be released in 2018 sometime, but no actual date for Iron Fist season two. Probably November or something. And it's it's Daredevil season three, right? Is the one worth it? Yeah. Which, I mean, they already cast Bullseye for that one, so maybe they're not nearly as far along in that one as they are the other ones. I don't know. I think, like, what's his name? Vincent D'Onofrio said he finished, he wrapped filming, like, months ago. Hmm. This one also so says... he's in it not very long or, like, the season yeah. finished super, super quickly. That's true. This this one also says expected for 2018. Ooh. That'd be cool. Get two of them at once. Oh, yeah, that would be some shit. As you can tell, the little dog I'm walking, watching Cooper feels very strongly about Daredevil Season 3. <laughs> yeah, he wants it. I, I know, I know, Bullseye, I know, it's going to be cool right now. Like oh, I know. <laughs> who's, a, who's a good boy with strong feelings about comic book television? <laughs> yes, you are. You are. Look, 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 you're not getting a co-host credit, Cooper. Look, Matt already gets the co-host credit. I'm not adding you if we just hear your voice more. <laughs> This dog is terrible. Like, like usually you get guard dogs who bark when something's important, or like, oh, someone's outside, or oh, a car is slowing down. He just barks at nothing. <laughs> he barks at the wind. Barks at the wind. Barks at. He's scared of everything too. He's a little. He's a little sheltie dog. He's about the size of a loaf of bread, and about as intimidating as one. <laughs> He'll bark at other dogs, then hide behind my leg. <laughs> and I'm allergic to him. Is the other thing. No, no. I know, I know. That's what I got through for a couple months. But yeah, on that note, everyone, I think we can start bringing this one down. Yeah. Not a not a massive show this week, but you know, you got your spoiler cast, you got your news, and I'm sure next week will be even bigger when we catch up on what we read and everything. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So uh, thank you, everyone, for joining. We hope you enjoyed yourselves. I know I enjoyed myself. I did as well. Uh, and we'll be back again next time for more Comic Multiverse goodness. Of course, if you are a patron, you'll get to listen to this first before anyone else Sunday night, pretty much as soon as we're done, which is around 11-ish. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. Helps me out, helps Matt out. I pay Matt out of that money. I keep the podcast up on SoundCloud out of that money. And again, if you haven't checked out any of those things, be sure to check that out. The podcast, the audio version, goes up on SoundCloud. Uh usually Thursday after it comes out on YouTube so you can download the show and carry it around with you everywhere completely ad-free. That's great. Yeah. It's really cool. It's pretty, it's pretty good, I tell you what. So uh, anything else you want to talk about, Matt? Anything else you want to promote? Uh, not really, no. All right, right on then. So uh, thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will be back again next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.